0: From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Calvary Life
1: Podcast. We are very excited to have you here. My name is Eric Wakeling and co-hosting today. Yes, I'm glad to be here as well. My name is Matt Doan, uh, one of the pastors here at Calvary. Yes.
0: Good to have you here, Matt. And we have another Matt as uh, our guest today, Matt Hempel. How are you doing, Matt? Yes, yes. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. We are very happy to have you here. Matt is the pastor of New Life Church, yes. which is a church plant. It was a church to get started mm-hmm. out of uh, Calvary Church. And so i um, really excited to talk to you about some of that journey. Um, but you didn't, you're not a stranger. You're not someone coming from, no. you know, outside, but. Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. Yeah, nope. yeah, exactly. But you are kind of a, a longtime Calvary person. So what's your Calvary Church origin story? How'd you? find your way here?
2: Good question. Um, <laughs> we were attending a small, my family and I were attending a small Baptist church in Anaheim called Sunkissed Baptist Church. Shout out to the yes. three of you guys who might still go to Calvary. <laughs> um, and then when my sister and I were getting into junior high, uh, my parents wanted to look for a church with a bigger youth ministry. And Calvary's obviously has an amazing youth ministry. Yeah. So we came to Calvary when I was 10 years old. And uh, basically from there, Went through the system, went through junior high, went through high school group, and I uh, was at Calvary for over 15 years.
0: Wow, it's yeah. amazing. And uh, did you. Meet you know maybe any young women at the time that you were interested in <laughs> not uh, at the age of ten but later
2: later in life I actually did end up marrying the Calvary Student Ministries admin that's right so we we happened to meet uh, it was amazing she was working in Student Ministries and I was a volunteer yeah. in the Student Ministries and we have now fast forward we've been married almost eight years and two kids later
1: that's awesome yes I the know. wonderful Aaron was O'Brien. And yes. she is the daughter of one of our former elders, the late Dan O'Brien and yes. his wife, Joyce. Mm-hmm. So how I, I've never asked you this question, but how many years older is Aaron than you? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've asked this question. Are you kidding? Wow. Right at the get go, I asked she this question. She <laughs>
2: is almost five years older than okay. me. Ooh. So. Uh, Funny story. She's going to hate this, and I can't believe her telling about it. One of our first dates, we talked about our 9-11 experience, yeah. and for her, she said, I knew it was a really big deal um, because, you know, high school, we had all these, you know, we had these seminars, and I said, yeah, I knew it was a big deal because they canceled recess that day, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. and the fact that I have, I uh, got a second date is a miracle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> Wow. So
2: yeah, that, so that, that. that sums up a little bit of our relationship. Five-year age gap, plenty of cougar jokes at our wedding, but uh, it's
1: worked out. But actually, just to even dive into the deep end of emotions for a minute, um, both of you really had a similar story of mm-hmm. losing your dads, and yeah. that's not the reason that you ended up dating, but it definitely helped you understand each other, didn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we both kind of fresh had that wound, and it was felt really good to be understood, and to be cared for in that way. And we totally have seen how God has taken that and brought beauty from it. And so we love talking about how God takes beautiful, takes ashes and takes things that are dead and makes them new and makes beautiful things from it.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So kind of the core thing we want to be able to talk about today with you is this whole thing of you answering this call to go into ministry. You were working what we kind of could quote unquote call a regular job, like a <laughs> yeah. job outside of a, a ministry career. Every, everyone should be having a life of ministry, yes. but uh, it wasn't necessarily your job. So what was your job before or what were you like working towards? I was you know? in
2: the mortgage industry. Yes. <laughs> so I was in the mortgage industry. I got a fi- uh, finance degree from Cal State Long Beach. And I uh, I really believe that God put the calling on my life to be a light in the business world. Mm-hmm. I wanted to eventually be a stockbroker <laughs> and kind of work for one mm-hmm. of those big financial firms. And I really believed with my heart that God was going to call me to infiltrate the business world and shine light there. Because obviously, as you guys know, uh, I believe all places need
0: the light yeah, of Jesus. Absolutely, amen. And you were working in a big office building oh, over totally, by the block, right? Totally. You know, yep, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs>
1: Clocking I remember out the, doing the first the time I saw you in a tie, because you know, as one of your <laughs> old youth pastors, growing up with you, and I remember you we walking up and like, "Whoa, whoa, this is this guy's dialed in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is real.
0: He's yeah, really doing exactly. this." <laughs> exactly. Yep. But. Okay, so but before you like necessarily became a pastor, you yep. were you had a, a, a taste of ministry. like when did you yes. first start getting kind of a little bit of a sense of like I'd love to serve God in yes. these certain ways? What was that like?
2: So I I was so blessed uh, by Calvary's youth ministry going mm-hmm. up through junior high and high school ministry. I I really believe it helped form uh, my character and helped me fall in love with Jesus. And so I knew that as soon as I was eligible to be a leader, that I wanted to do it. I wanted to hopefully bless kids in the same way that I was blessed. So as soon as I graduated from high school, I became a junior high leader and ended up sticking with those 12, 14 boys for six straight years yeah. from seventh grade until they graduated
1: college. Do you want to give a shout out to some of those boys? Shout out to a lot of them. Oh no, Grant Jackson is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I remember it's like, there, you kind of had like a
0: rival small group uh, <laughs> during that <laughs> time.
2: Oh my goodness, I forgot. <laughs> yes, everybody knows that Matt Henville's group was way cooler than oh. Eric Wakeling's high school group. Sheep. We all
0: know that. Yeah, I was actually, <laughs> it was fun because I was leading a guy's small group that was the same exact age as, so right. as your guys Hume at that Lake, same time yeah Hume, Hume Lake Lake battles together getting uh we, you know, we got ripped off on a couple of those music videos, <laughs> contests. I kind of feel like we should have won. You're still bitter about that one? Okay. I'm definitely still bitter about that, yeah. So we've lost half our audience <laughs> yeah, right no, now. But. I know. <laughs> Dang. but no, but you're doing that, and you're kind of... But you weren't just... Like, you, were, you were doing more than even, like, just leading your small group, because I feel like you are speaking some and stuff like that, too, in the high school group, right? A little
2: bit. Um, yeah. I Maybe before well, I, I became it. a pastor, I mean, I think <laughs> I gave one sermon in college group yeah. and one sermon in high school ministry. So before planning a church, my, I could count all of my sermons on one hand. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It must've put some sort of impression on my mind, <laughs> <laughs> in my heart, because I actually remembered it. And, uh, but like, because then that comes into yeah. this, like, so out of that, yeah. you're, you're serving as this high school, small group leader. Yep. It's not normally the jump from like high school, small group leader to like starting church a church. Yeah. 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 But like, how did that happen? Like, what was the story of you getting involved in planning the lunch. a new Well,
2: exactly. Well, I'll tell the story because I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, it starts with a very cryptic text from uh, senior pastor yours truly Eric Wakeling, saying, "Matt, I want to take you to lunch to plan your life."
1: <laughs> and
2: that was the most cryptic, ambiguous text okay.
0: I've ever gotten. I should like jump in here, but tell and tell like maybe the before yeah, that text. Yeah, tell the before part. that text a little bit. Because before I sent that text, we actually were in these planning meetings where we've been in prayer and in planning of thinking about we want to like we know that we want to help start new churches in the area or, yeah. or outside of the area and, and even around the world. We were talking about that and dreaming about that, praying about that. And we kind of were had almost like this brainstorm session of thinking about people who could possibly be pastors uh, of that church. And we were in this time of prayer and I could not shake your name. Mm. Wow! You know, it was in my mind, in my head and I knew like in my sort of logical part of my brain, let's say outside (laughs) of my like connection to God and his spirit speaking to me. But like, I knew that that was a little bit like crazy outside the (laughs) the the box box. Mm -hmm. at some level. Right. Where, uh, and, and, uh, but I just, I, w- I remember walking back to my office. I had said your name in the meeting. I was like, I know this is a little outside the box, but like this this name. And then I went back to my office and I just couldn't shake it. Wow. And I felt this kind of like stirring and almost kind of like shaky feeling, oh, you know, wow. like some of that. And so then I sent off that text.
2: Oh, man. Okay. Now, That's good. I like the
0: backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now so then I get the
2: text and I show my wife, Erin, Aaron, and Erin's working at Calvin. And I go, do you have any idea what this is about? Right. She says, no. And then I, Doug Brown is a good friend of ours. And I say, Doug, do you know what this text is about? And he says, no. Mm-hmm. And so and then I remember, I'll never forget, I said, yeah, man, like, do you want to go grab Wendy's or something? And you're like, no, 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 we have to go somewhere nice. <laughs> <laughs> and if, it didn't, if I wasn't already uncomfortable, the idea of going somewhere nice
1: freaked me out. So I'm but, curious, what definition of oh, area, yeah, what is right. what, what is nice, nice restaurant? Never, we
2: went to Lucille's. Yeah, oh, we went to oh, Lucille's. Lucille's. I would say that's right, nice. Right yeah. next to my uh, mortgage building. And so we go to lunch, and we're making small talk, and the whole time- I'm going, okay, dude, cut to the chase. And I'm like, cut to the chase, cut to the chase. And he goes, well, Matt, um, Calvary, God has put it on our heart that we want to start planting churches. And I'm listening. I'm great. (laughs) And then he said, and to be honest, as we were praying, uh, Mm -hmm. your name popped in my head. And at this time, I thought, okay, maybe the biggest stretch is I'm going to help in youth ministry. I've done youth ministry for six years. Okay, maybe I'm going to be a volunteer at this new place. And then I'll never forget. That's when you said, no, Matt, uh, we prayed and got your name about leading this church. Mm -hmm. And it's then where I'll never forget, my hand starts to shake. <laughs> yeah. Completely starts to shake, to the point I remember seeing hey, it. you yeah. called me out. Yeah, you're like, like, dude, you're shaking. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> put it on the table, I said, no I'm not. <laughs> I'm keeping it together. Wow. I'll never forget in that moment, it was this combination of feeling so inadequate, yeah. so overwhelmed, so unprepared, yet so fired up. Mm-hmm. It was like in this one moment, I, I tell people, it was honestly like I felt like I saw some stars align wow. and my brain was spinning a thousand miles an hour and I can't describe that tension of feeling mm-hmm. this is so not for me and at the same time, this is so for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went home. My wife is dying to know what this meeting was about. <laughs> and I said, honey, you're not going to believe it. Calvary wants to plant a church and they think that we should potentially lead this. Mm. And I love my wife, but her first response didn't help. She said, What? You're not a pastor? We're not doing this. <laughs> well, I know so I'm not good. a pastor. Um so that was kind of the beginning of the call, you could say.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was that was radical. You yeah. know? Oh like, yeah. I felt like that was one of those for like for me too, you know, that yeah. meeting was one of these like huge sort of highlights of ministry. Cause like it's you know, I think people hear us share these stories of these moments where we have a sense of hearing God's voice or, or having like a, a strong conviction of God's leading or his presence, like very evident. Mm -hmm. And, and, but I'm not having those every day. I'm not coming Mm -hmm. to the office every day and like shaking because it's like, Whoa, this is radical. God's moving this insane way. But like Mm -hmm. that, like for me was one of those top 10 kind of, you know, maybe five, like, I don't know, like just where it was this deep sense of this is a, this is a God at work uh, in a really supernatural,
1: radical way. Wow! Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that, I, I commend that. that too because it would have been easy for you just to talk yourself out of that totally. in a sense. And yeah. so, a way to be obedient. I mean, we're standing here, sitting here today, yep, yeah. because of that obedience. Oh, us. you never really would. Cool.
2: It's crazy. I actually haven't thought about that. Yeah. That what if you wouldn't have texted me that text? Right where would I be doing right now? That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I I do like thinking about that. That is Uh like the
0: sliding doors movie kind of moments, you know, where you just like have these, like if you don't get into that subway or if you don't like take that step, like what happens in your life. And it's just Mm. like, yeah, those are, those are wild moments, Uh, but beautiful. And you know, it's like, do you have any like thoughts for you? And I feel like you're pretty, um, my sense of you is like this pretty like sort of connected to God, man, you know, which I love, mm-hmm. you know? Man. And, um, like, what do you think about how we hear God's voice, how we have us, even if it's not audible, you yeah. know, cause that, at that moment, there was no voice in the sky, yeah. but it was deeply oh, yeah. convicting, you know? Yeah, That's deep...
2: a good question. And as I think about it, I remember a few things that to me all kind of make up the pie chart. If you could save the voice of God, I remember mm-hmm. one story, Uh, this was probably less than a week after our lunch. Uh, I was randomly reading Jeremiah 1. I couldn't tell you why I read Jeremiah 1 that day, but Jeremiah 1 basically is God calling Jeremiah to be a prophet. Uh, Jeremiah's response is simply, I'm too young and I don't have the words and God promises I will give you the words. And I was so moved by this, but this is the crazy part. As soon as Aaron walks through the door, I said, Aaron, you are never gonna believe what I read today. She said, No, no, no. Let me tell you first what I read today. <laughs> I said, What? She said, Jeremiah one. Uh, mm-hmm. wow. And that was one of the moments that we really, uh, we really paused because mm-hmm. we felt that was so God speaking to us. Yep. So you know that's yep. kind of one part of the pie chart. Mm-hmm. I also remember that lunch, just a pit in my stomach that felt a healthy fear totally. and a healthy excitement. <laughs> yeah, And yep. I really don't think that that was manufactured by me. I really no. felt this stirring, you could almost say. And when I put that together, mm-hmm. I also then had, um, I looked back on the previous year and Erin reminded me, she said, do you remember, uh, we met this couple and this woman said that she saw Uh, you being a pastor someday.
0: Hmm.
2: And I remember at the time, it was so far out of left field. I just chalked it up to, oh, thanks. Like, that's really sweet of you. (laughs) Maybe because you, you know, you saw me in youth ministry. But as I zoomed out and started putting, you know, how God spoke to me through Jeremiah, this pit in the stomach, this stirring. I looked at him speaking to Mm -hmm. other people like you, sending that text to me and like this woman. And I began to step back and really believe, Lord, I really think you are speaking to me and I think you are leading me. So for me, I, it wasn't this audible voice, but it was this connection of undeniable move movements from yep. God that I really, I felt led.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause my actual sort of my call, not that I'm not gonna tell my whole call to ministry story, but it is, it does have that, like the word, certain verses of the word of God coming to me without me seeking them. Yep. Mm-hmm. It had these moments of sort of supernatural sensing of God's like God, yeah. God giving me this direction that I could be aware of. And then very shortly thereafter a call from my home church to like do an internship, you know? And so it was like totally. that alignment, you yeah. know, all these things coming together is, yeah, is something to to be aware of, yeah. you know, to be seeing how things kind of line up like, like that. Um, now it's interesting because very shortly thereafter I would I would say you had a setback because you had something that was hard because you went to this church planner assessment. We (laughs) sent you to this assessment. All excited. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're all excited. Yeah. And then, um, and that assessment actually did not go well, right? No, it didn't.
2: So it was (laughs) like, uh, church planting. What would you say it was? It was. Helping prepare church planters, but in the midst of it, it was also to help determine if you mm-hmm. were fit to church plant. Yep. And I was going in thousand uh, miles an hour going, God, I've been called to this. God, <sighs> yeah. there's nothing going to stop this. And at the end of the weekend, uh, when it was time for their uh, assessment of Aaron and I as potential planters, uh, they gave a thumbs up. They gave a th- sideways thumbs or a thumbs down, yep. and we got a sideways <laughs> thumb, yeah. which essentially meant... Maybe this is in the cards for you down the road, but right now it might not be the right
1: fit.
0: Hmm. And that's mostly because A, you'd never been a pastor. B, you'd hadn't gone to seminary. You you know what I mean? You didn't didn't have some of those sort of typical boxes checked. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: But I remember that was a big, whoa, that was a first little speed bump that Uh, First of many that would come. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah.
0: And I wasn't part of your assessment team, but I work with that group that does those assessments. And I remember being like mad (laughs) because I was so sure, like in the sense of from God, you know what I mean? I was so sure of this for you. Yep. But at the same time, trying to like hear from what is their wisdom. And so then you, in the midst of that thought, I remember it was you and Brent Dedman and you yep. guys had talked like, okay, well maybe like let's yep. join forces and you could come alongside yeah. him as more of an associate. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And fortunately, like you said, the planting team, uh, yep. Brenton and I, uh, those who felt called to this, we didn't let it discourage us too much. We, mm-hmm. we chalked it up to, Hey, we're going to keep moving forward. Uh, we're going to follow God's call and essentially, uh, we're going to go ahead and do it anyways.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah and and so you did and it yeah. like was i mean planting a church is is hard right so like, what year
1: would have that been
2: <laughs> oh that would be 20 2014 cuz mm-hmm. cuz okay. the church launched january 2015 mm-hmm.
0: okay okay yeah but you were doing yeah you were doing this stuff yeah. and getting ready yep, and yep, all so that it was a little bit before that um, and then and so, like you, you're doing this like for a few years yep. together, yep. right? And then, you know, as, as Brent leaves, yep. you take over. How long ago did you take over then, as the main lead pastor? Yes, right?
2: good question. So it'll be four years, uh, right around February of this year. So about, about a little over three and a half years, I've been the main head pastor. Yeah, that's right. It's been longer say. even than I realized. Yeah. It. So Gosh. it'll be it'll mm-hmm. be yeah. four years in February. Okay. Um, that that and then that's when I basically kind of fully cut ties with my mortgage industry job. That's when I basically fully cut ties uh, from that old world to jump full time into pastoring.
1: That's right, mm-hmm. wow, yep. wow. And at that time, the church, um, for those Calvary listeners that would be familiar, was called Prodigal Church, Yep. yep. and you planted off of San Canyon, oh no, um, off of Jeff- Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Trail. Jeffrey yep. Trail in Irvine, <laughs> forgive yep. me for that. And so that's where the church was going, at a middle school yep. in Irvine, yep. uh, for the first couple years, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And, and I remember at the beginning, especially at some of those conferences of just trying to think of where to plant. And we really f- saw Irvine as this booming city. We saw Irvine as this city that's building new homes, going to have a ton of new people. And we thought, of, hey, this is a great city that needs churches. They need, um, you know, the word of God brought to them. So that's what led us to plant in Irvine Despite the fact that none of the leadership lived in Irvine, right. um, which, as you know, you guys know that that's part of the story of the early church for us, right. was just not, not really ever feeling settled yeah. in Irvine. Not, not ever very, feeling like home.
0: Yeah, and not very representative of the community around you either. Yes, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. that was probably like all just hard, even though the church was like doing. Yeah, pretty good, absolutely. especially with some big setbacks and stuff. Yeah. You're doing pretty well, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm. absolutely. What's it like though, being uh, like a a new church pastor? Because like you're not really a ch- I, w- I wouldn't say you're a church planner anymore now, right? Oh, Five years into it, I are now, you w-
2: toddler? Yeah, when are you
0: not a church planter? <laughs> Kindergartner? You know? I still feel like a church planner. Okay, we still do. You're a pastor of a. Of a young church, a
2: pastor of a young church. <laughs> sure. I, I guess for me, if you, if your stuff is still in a shed, you're still a <laughs> <Yeah>. church planter. <laughs> if you true. still show up to church in basketball shorts and because you know you're going to sweat for a few hours
0: before uh, service, you know, a are a point. planter. You're a planter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I think that's actually kind of really what that my question, like, what's it like, you know, doing that, like being that pastor of this kind of church, you know, that people maybe not realize. Yeah,
2: it. It has its amazing moments, and it has its moments that are a little more challenging, you know, because usually church plants don't have their own building. You're Mm -hmm. kind of always at the mercy of somebody else. And so you have to submit to their rules, their times, what they allow, the way they do things. A lot of times you have to be a little bit of a hustler and bring your stuff by trailer. We've done everything. We've had trailers every week brought. We've had sheds built. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... You you have that physical dynamic that's a little bit different. Every Sunday we gear up for some hard work uh, before service and after service. You get uh, you get your hands dirty.
0: Yeah. Um. And what's your you know paid custodial staff? uh, (laughs) What are they like? You know the
2: the budget for paid custodial staff is uh, zero. (laughs)
0: Got it. Yes. (laughs) Looking at the head custodian right now. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. Exactly. People need to understand that. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's but the beautiful thing is, and I will say this as well, is the people who come to church plants they also want to get their hands dirty. Yep. And so the beautiful thing is it's this combination that yeah it requires. Some work, but there's God brought us people and he's continuously been faithful, providing us people who enjoy that, who Mm -hmm. love the behind the scenes work. So by no means does it fall squarely on my shoulders. I have an amazing team Mm -hmm. of people who, who get there just as early as me and set up just as long. And so it's a beautiful way that I've gotten to see the church be the body and kind of step into that.
1: Yeah.
0: And and even like, the apostle Paul, you're a bit of a tent maker too, right? Like you you have, you still have like a bit of a quote unquote side hustle, right? Going exactly. Yeah. In that mortgage industry kind of related, right? Yep.
2: Juggling that a little bit back and forth of when we got my wife and I got pregnant, uh, we wanted her to stay home. And so try to utilize the skills that God has given me. And So I do do some tent making Mm -hmm. on the side as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, for people like Matt and I, we're you know Matt Doan and I, we're we're soft, you know. So we just we are. <laughs> we
1: are. You could teach us a thing or two.
0: <laughs> no, but we're stoked. We're proud of like all that, you know, all yeah. that you're doing. Um, what have been some of the challenges in leading New Life?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think. I think for for me, you know, being that it's been a smaller church, you know, I don't I can't speak for other pastors, but I really develop really personal relationships with every single member. Mm-hmm. And with that come amazing moments. Um but with that come some hard moments. Mm-hmm. Um we unfortunately have. Have lost members who have literally um, passed away, and that has been mm-hmm. tragic. And those are brothers of mine that I will forever miss in Jonathan and Matt. Absolutely, and yeah. So, we're
0: we're not talking here about people that are dying of old age. You yeah. know, here at Calvary, we do have a lot of people that pass away as yeah. well. But typically, it's yeah, young. More these, older are young folks. these are young members of ours, and so
2: you know that that hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, I think you know, Eric, we've talked about this a little bit. Is that even when other members just have left it's been hard because it is a smaller community and we preach that we're family at new life and in a way it can be a little traumatizing when a family chooses to leave and so i think you know I don't. I'm sure all pastors feel that, but when it's a smaller congregation, you know, it's potentially felt a little bit more. At least yeah. I've felt that mm-hmm. in my journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I can understand. I mean, we we still we feel that when people like people, especially who have been around for a while. I yeah. think we really feel that like it just that, that that hurt or that yeah. grief and. um and, and none of us are saying that for people listening to like sort of feel sorry for us, but it's because yeah, yeah. it is that whole thing no, of church's personal. family. It's yeah. pers- it's real. It's personal. Yeah.
2: I remember a mentor said, you know, they try not to take it personal. And it's like, that's impossible. Right? Yeah. If I, how do I love these people so well? Try to really care for them and not take it personal. So I would say that it's been an aspect like you were kind of hinting at too. Another challenging aspect is just location wise. Our wow. little church has bounced around three, four, five different times Uh, literally been given two cease and desist letters um, um, you want
1: to tell that story a little bit more (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) so we we felt
2: from irvine we then eventually felt called to tustin yeah and so we were super excited which is where you live which is where we live where a lot of our community lives we were so excited um and so we basically moved to the marketplace uh, and start meeting at the movie theaters there and we I went, God, this is going to be a home for the next few years. And God, this is going to be such a beautiful promised land type of experience. And uh, after only six weeks, uh, we got a call basically from our landlord saying that we had gotten kicked out. That uh, when they found out there's a church there, that we got the boot. And that was really hard, yeah. Because and I that was on a
1: Friday, that was
2: on a Friday, less than 48 hours before our service. And so, you're scrambling, how do I get a hold of 100 people by Sunday? Where do we even meet in 48 hours? And so, it's setbacks like that that were, that were hard for us, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I wish I could say that that wasn't the only time that happened. That, uh, uh, about a year later, we again regrouped. Felt called to Tustin, jumped in, found a place, signed a lease, only to then be again told that you got to get out. Yeah. And so, after
0: and some big wins, too, like it was going really wins. well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Both
2: places, mm-hmm. and we started to finally see some progress. We really started to see uh, the harvest that we believed and been praying for. And so, those setbacks of just, again, the location mm-hmm. challenges that, I, again, I'd say a small church sometimes mm-hmm. just the location has been an issue for
1: us. Totally. It's hard. And Matt addressed our uh, Calvary staff yesterday at our um, weekly chapel and did such a great job. And you were talking about even when we, lost our second place. We're trying to meet at a park just to have uh. some sense of worshiping community. And it yeah. rained. It, it, like rained.
2: <laughs> it was so gnarly. It never rains in California. I know. And one of the times when we uh, were uh, basically homeless, for lack of a better word, we were meeting in parks and three out of four Sundays it rained. And it was crazy. And it it felt it felt like the weather was symbolic of <laughs> My soul
0: oh, and my spirit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. When
2: it rains, it pours. I felt that it was hard. It was it was humbling when people would ask you. Right, uh, there's a few questions pastors get asked all the time. How big is your church and where does your church meet? Right. And every time to have to tell them, well, we don't have a place right now. <laughs> oh, it was a humbling <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah. Um. And so you're right. It yeah, was so right. you've
1: met at beginning with a uh, junior high in Irvine. Yep. And then came back here to Calvary for a little bit. as it yep. incubated? Yep. Then went to. A Tustin mo- once, not twice. Yes. Then uh, you've met in two homes. Do we met in homes? We've, we've met also met in a couple parks. Couple parks, movie theater, real
2: estate office. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then now, veterinarian office
2: to... is probably next. <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> But you guys have been in a place for a little while now, right? Yeah, we've been six Six months months. at this
2: place called Peace Lutheran. it's in Tustin. It's been amazing. They graciously opened up their doors to us, and it has been phenomenal. It's walking Mm -hmm. distance from where we live. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're finally really feeling like the community um, is embracing us, and we're falling in love with this community and Mm -hmm. serving them. So it has been a huge blessing. Yeah, and some
1: even think, like, well, why do we need more churches? Um, But even just to kind of pause for a moment... The city of Tustin, I've researched this, has more bridges than churches. (laughs) Um, If every church in Orange County were to be filled this coming Sunday, it would only fill, only a third of Orange yeah. County residents would be able to have a seat. Yeah. And so kind of the notion that, oh, we don't need new churches is a false one. Totally. Um, the gospel needs to go out and reach new people. And obviously, yep. Tustin is desperately in yes. need of the gospel. Have you seen that already in oh, the time there? Oh, it's,
2: absolutely. It's strange because it's a, it's a well-known city, and yet, to be honest, there's not too many churches mm-hmm. in Tustin. And yet there's so many, it's a thriving community mm-hmm. with tons and tons of people. And so you're at right, The idea that we don't need more churches is just false. Mm-hmm. It's just not true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you deal like with all these setbacks, you know, and yeah. how do you deal with setbacks when trying to follow God? Even just thinking about the person that's, that's listening, that's not necessarily trying to start a church, but yeah. just in their life, they're trying to follow the Lord. They're trying to live their life for God. And that's like, but then they, they think that, oh, well, if I do this, yeah. like I should just start like, having amazing success in it, yeah. right? Like, what what is it? How have you processed that? What do you think yeah. of that for people? I think I
2: would tell that person that setbacks are not a sign that God is not with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think early on, I took the setbacks of our church as, wow, God, am I outside of your will? Hmm. God, am I doing things that you didn't want me to do? And I, I created a narrative that setbacks only happen mm-hmm. when you're going outside astray. And I would tell that person that that's not the case Mm -hmm. to invite mentors, invite godly people, pray, but that to not be so discouraged, it's hard, but to possibly even use it as a sign that maybe that's exactly where God has you. I, I, I draw so much strength from, you know, the people reading the scriptures Mm -hmm. of like David. I don't believe Mm -hmm. David in the wilderness was a sign that he wasn't supposed to be king. Mm -hmm. I think it was even more evidence that that is exactly what God God called him to. Right. And so for you guys and for myself, what I've been trying to tell myself is when I'm in these desert wilderness times to not forget the calling that God placed on me. That's so good. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's really good. I agree. And that's because it's it's pretty easy to get discouraged, oh, right? Yeah. By, oh, yeah. by suffering, by struggle, by oh, persecution, yeah. by just things not going the way you dream. Totally. You know, I think oh, that's, yeah. I think for a lot of us, I think for a lot of people listening, like they've had dreams yes. for their life. They have dreams that they feel like even God has given them for yes. their life. And then you start to follow that but you feel like it's not all just clicking. Oh yeah. Maybe
2: I was naive, mm. but I I really felt like my calling felt very divine. And so I just assumed divine calling comes with just prosperity. And I thought it was going to go so well. And I thought we'd blow up and I thought we'd see people say revival happening everywhere. And I just, I walked into it with a false notion that calling means easy road
1: mm. right? and I right. think
2: five years later I've just learned to see like what you were saying earlier Matt just that that maybe suffering is maybe the more way, the way of Jesus mm-hmm. that we need to learn to embrace and that I'm in the process of learning
1: mm-hmm. yeah and I think a lot of our um, even listeners need to hear that I need to hear that again that it's a refining process yeah it's part of God's growing in us and it's not necessarily that he's le- lot left us or no. we've lost favor with him yeah so that's so good yeah have you guys seen uh,
0: God working in your church though, at New Life lately, and kind of what are, what are you hopeful for for the future? You know,
2: absolutely, absolutely. It's been beautiful uh, meeting and tossed in Tustin. Um, God has given me uh, just new fire for discipleship, just this idea of really being an apprentice under Jesus. Mm-hmm. And really striving to live and love like him, yeah. to not only have him be your savior, to, but to have him be your king. And you submit to him and you learn from him. And so at our church, we are really pressing into discipleship and calling people uh, deeper into it. And yeah. so we whether it's through we launch discipleship groups or whether it's just through small groups, we've been motivated and fired up to really step into Mm. discipleship. And I think that's been really good for our church to see the fruit and to see that fire from the church as well to go, yes, I'm ready. I want to go deeper into what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I want to go deeper into what it means to pick up my cross and carry it. I want to know what Mm. it looks like to lose my life in 2019 and in the context that we live Mm -hmm. in. And these are questions that we're wrestling with that I get excited about. They're questions that I feel like, I've been longing to dialogue with and to have a place to say, what does it mean? To, yeah. You know, and I feel like our church, we are united in asking those questions and wrestling with them.
0: Yeah, mm, that's cool. That yeah, is. Now, I think most people are probably, you know, most people that would listen to this are people that aren't like the three of us. They're yeah. people that are out there living their, like their everyday lives yep. and uh, working their jobs yep. and whatever, kind of all sorts of different kinds of careers that probably aren't, church, uh, you know, ministry type careers. Yep. So, but that's, that's where you were and yeah. that's kind of what you were doing. But, you know, then, you know, then God changed everything. But yeah. I don't, I'm kind of curious though, just like what would you have to say to somebody that is out there kind of working there, yeah. like whatever their career job is, but maybe they're thinking about getting into ministry or have this kind of just a little bit of a thing they can't shake. Yeah. Something's going on in them, a stirring. What would you say to them? Oh,
2: I love those people. Hmm. I mean, I love, Uh, I'd first tell them that what they're doing right now matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that there's not certain jobs that matter for the kingdom and yep. certain ones that aren't. Yep. There's not some that are spiritual and some of them they're not. So that person mm-hmm. who's an auto mechanic or that person who's an accountant, uh, hear me when I say your job matters absolutely. and you play a role in expanding the kingdom just like the three of us do. Yeah. So that'd be the first thing I'd share with them. The second thing is if they're considering a call or to, into deeper into church ministry, I would say to remember that the ground Uh, check your motivation (laughs) because sometimes it's myself it's easy to romanticize certain jobs and for me the grass is greener always and God is reminding me that that's not always the case and so I would tell that person are you trying to run from something Mm -hmm. because if that's the case I would encourage you to to press into God and see you know ask him to speak again but at the same time if that call is there you will get to the point where it's undeniable. Yeah, And yeah. so if God is calling that person into church ministry, that there's no rush that it will be there in three months, six months, and nine months. And if the Lord has placed it on you, mm-hmm. I truly believe it will get louder and louder and louder until the point where you will know. And right. so if you're in the early stages, invite people into it. Invite mentors, seek the scriptures, get in a group of people where you can talk and dialogue with, and continue to see if the voice gets louder. Mm -hmm. Check your motivations, see why you're wanting to do it, and understand that wherever you are, you can make an impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also check your phone to see if Eric Wakling mm-hmm. yeah, arranges just, a mysterious <laughs> that, lunch. Want to talk about you. you, about your right. life? Right. It's so true. But yes. but actually, and the truth in that is that you're looking for an opportunity too. So it's yeah. like you're yeah. waiting, you're patient, yeah. you're seeking the Lord, exactly. and then seeing if the opportunity then comes. Yeah.
2: I I preached on it this Sunday, but I really believe it. Right. When Jesus says, you know, those who are faithful with small things, I would yes. give them greater responsibility. So if someone feels like, hey, I want to be in church ministry, I would ask them, you know, be a minister wherever you are right now. Yeah. And yep. and and, ask, and figure out how you can preach the gospel and be a light in your context and be faithful with what's in front of you and allow God to open up greater doors and bigger responsibilities. Trust him with the big stuff. Just focus on what's right in front that's of
0: good. you. That's good. Yeah, that's yes. kind of like when we were talking to Curtis and Karen Yates about about writers and authors and it was kind of like they said, writers write. So if you want to be a published author, write. Yeah. Write. Have a blog, do yes. you start, have a journal, start trying to write something, writers write. So it's kind of like pastor serve, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just like if you're not... You know, if you think that you want to do a ministry in some context, like just start serving in some area and helping maybe provide a little bit greater leadership or ownership of some area in it. Totally. And I seriously, honestly, I know like the three of us, Matt, Matt and Eric, like if anybody's out there that's like wants to process through that kind of stuff, like we would love to sit down with you. Yeah. Yeah. So any of reach out to any of us. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how that's going. All right. We're going to close this thing with the lightning round. We have,
1: doo-doo, doo-doo,
0: <laughs> we have never done a lightning round before. <laughs> okay. But Matt Doan has, uh, you know, he's got some fodder. I did write a few of down, yes, so I don't know if excellent. you can remember some of these no, gold no, no, questions. That no, wait, making yes. shoot,
2: shoot from the hit, man. Yes. Let's do it. We go yeah. back a long so ways. So
1: we love you. We've known you for a long time. Yep. And we just want our Calvary community to get to know you in some deeper ways as well. So okay. first of all, tell us your musical background. It's pretty (laughs) legendary.
2: (laughs) My musical background, well let's see. uh it started with the garage band called uh, Ritalin with myself ben. and Ben Harris, yours truly, former worship leader at Calvary. Um, mm. And then basically little punk rock bands for many years. Uh, two CDs, two House of Blue shows later. Watch out.
0: Most famously, Blue, right? Watch yeah. out. Push, start, <laughs> Nova. Oh, <laughs> Stroking the ego makes yes. it feel good. Second band. Yeah. Uh-huh. So just love music. Absolutely. Favorite Pearl Jam song? Uh, alive. Oh. Who's the hardest person you've played against at ping pong at
1: Calvary Church?
2: Mm. <laughs> Christian Maeda's got a good game. Boo. Um, <laughs> else got strong?
1: John Sherman. Oh, he, have you I beaten don't know Sherman? i played. Oh, you've played. I'm sure I you know. played. I
2: might have to set that up.
1: <laughs> Favorite basketball team?
0: Likers all day. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Worst uh, basketball team to be a fan of? Clippers. Oh, there you go. I nice. Can... <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't go Warriors against uh, don right I thought then. about
2: doing it, but it wouldn't be <laughs> honest. You Clippers. Be There's honest. nothing
0: worse than a Clippers fan. Clippers fans are... Uh, I don't know if I know any. They don't but, exist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. What's the sketchiest car you sold at CarMax? Yes, one of worst side sales was CarMax.
1: CarMax. <laughs>
2: I've, sl- I've had a lot of... Um, Interesting job. I actually started selling toilet paper. People don't know that, but I was in the janitorial supplies I industry. This. So I, I joke that I've sold toilet paper. I've sold used cars, and I was also in the reverse mortgage industry. And so I have like the trifecta of just uh, sketchiness going on. But I sold. <laughs> I sold. Oh, they had some PT cruisers at yes. Carmax oh, yeah. that were just one paperclip away from falling apart.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Those had their day. It was about one day, but they had their day. Yeah. Uh, Favorite Seinfeld episode?
2: Oh, I love Seinfeld. I'm going to say either The Blood, which is where Jerry gets two pints of Kramer. So uh, every time his heart beats, he hears, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Or or The Junior Mints. The Junior Mints is also a favorite
1: of mine. That's great. Okay, uh, you wrestled in high school. You're actually pretty accomplished. Um, what was the toughest uh, opponent you ever faced and why?
2: Oh, uh... Uh, I don't know about the toughest, but I remember when I, I didn't start till my junior year. In my junior year I faced a state champ and I didn't even know what I was doing and he was taunting me on the mat. I will never forget, I'm locking up with him and he's like whistling, like doo do 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 do. <laughs> and I remember being so angry and truly not being able to do anything about it. <laughs> so it's kind of scarred in my brain that that was one of the toughest, maybe most embarrassing moments of my athletic career. Nice. Now, you're,
1: you're known for your fashion. <laughs> uh, what is uh, your favorite go-to pastor outfit right now? Oh, go-to Ooh, pastor
2: yes. outfit. It's getting cold. I love a good flannel. It flannel. actually goes back to my garage days. My Kurt Cobain Nirvana loves. I love <laughs> a good flannel. I'll use be rocking some Vans. I keep it pretty simple. Do you
0: know, I'm doing the all black thing. I know you are. I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I've worn all black every time I preached for, like, I think, the last year. Really? I, this don't this people, I don't know if breaking news. I don't know. I don't
1: know if I've ever even said this, this. I know it's a big deal. It's and something I, I've just I, done I've and not said.
2: I, I, you, you beat me on the skinny pants scale. Your <laughs> pants are way skinnier than
0: mine. My 16 year old daughter actually did text me and say, "Dad, you're like." While I was on stage, she t- I got off stage. There's a text from her that
1: said, "Dad, your your jeans are too skinny." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite thing to do with uh, your girls?
2: Oh, I have a wife and I have two girls. I love to go on bike rides. Hmm. So we have the one where my daughter will sit on my handlebars and we'll ride around Old Town Tustin and go get a donut or something. I love riding bikes.
0: That is awesome. Um, all right. Uh, one last one. Okay. Best high school music video. Okay, it was Eric Wakelings. Thanks. All right. Okay, <laughs> done. Wrap Done. Over. Uh, no, but thanks for being
1: here yeah. on the podcast and for all that you do, yeah, Matt. We truly love yeah. and respect you. We love what's happening at New Life and Calvary is a fan.
2: I feel very loved by Calvary. Calvary's always been my family. And so thank you guys for having me. And I look forward to
0: talking soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Calvary Life podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Calvary underscore Church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.